Welcome to Light Church. We're so glad you could join us for this weekly message. We hope this message leaves you feeling inspired and equipped to be all that you were made to be. Hey, welcome to Light Church this morning. Welcome to our virtual gathering. If you're watching for the very first time today, we're so glad that you're with us. We're excited to spend these few moments together. And uh, if you're joining us again, you've been with us for a while. It's so good to see you. Uh, We've been, uh, we kicked off a brand new series last Sunday called Kingdom. And we're looking at this idea of the kingdom of God. Now we hear this thrown around. Many churches say it, a lot of Christians say it. The New Testament, we see Jesus, we see Paul, we see the disciples talking about the kingdom a lot. And it's this idea that we learned last week that the kingdom is like a jurisdiction or a boundary or a zone that is under the rule of a leader or a king. So in this context, when the Bible talks about the kingdom or the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, it's exactly the same. It is the the place under the rule and the reign and the protection and the covering and the, the rules of a king and the king being Jesus. So if we become followers of Jesus, we need to understand a little bit about this kingdom because it's gonna affect the way that we live, it's gonna affect the way we relate to one another, it's gonna kind of affect our lives. So we need to know about this kingdom. So over the month of January, five Sundays, this is week two, we're gonna be looking at kingdom. So today uh, we're going we're gonna to push on. We're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 6. So you can turn with me a little bit later on. But have you ever thought about this idea of characteristics? So there's maybe some places or people or some relationships that you associate with something. So maybe it's like a relative or a friend's house whose like parents make really good food or something. So when you know you're going to their house, you kind of associate like, oh, they cook really good food. There's like these characteristics that we associate with people or places or relationships. Or maybe it's like something that you know, like, oh, someone, they just, they're so hospitable. Or they're just so creative. Or you know when you're hanging out with them, it's going to mean something. Like, oh, we're going to end up doing something crazy. Or I'm just going to come away feeling so refreshed and uplifted. There's, there's so many different things that we associate with relationships and people and places. And I, when I was preparing this message, I was looking through this and we learned last week that the, the kingdom of God is kind of over the top of the kingdom of this world. So are these, there are these two kingdoms that exist over each other, like in amongst each other. They're kind of like, they exist at the same time. There are these like realities, these kingdoms, and there's the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of God. And it's our decision to decide which kingdom are we living according to, which kingdom are we perpetuating. The kingdom of the world being our desires, the things that kind of our leaning towards dysfunction and destruction and our kind of toxic nature, our fallen nature. And then there's the kingdom of God, which is obviously led by Jesus. It is the the rule of Jesus. It is his will. It is his plan. It's this kind of direction of the way God wants us to go. And these two kingdoms exist over the top of one another. And there's characteristics about these kingdoms. And there's ways that we can identify. And there's ways that we can say, ah, that belongs to the kingdom of the world. Or that belongs to the kingdom of God. And especially at this time, when we find ourselves in the the midst of a global pandemic. And it's been going on for so long. And life has changed a lot. The world has changed a lot. And I have noticed that yes, there's a global pandemic. But there is also a huge fear pandemic in people. People are worried like never before. 
Like there is so much uncertainty. And this kingdom of the world is like, one of its characteristics is worry. Like people are so worried. There's just this thing where people are worried about so many different things. I've seen people that weren't worried and someone asked them, are you worried about this? And they weren't worried about it, but now they're worried because they weren't worried. And now they're worried about this whole thing that they should have been worried in the first place. There's just this craziness going on where people are worried. And then we see in the Bible, and we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6, we see the Bible kind of place the kingdom of God. We see the Bible kind of mirror worry with the kingdom of God. As in the, the opposite to worrying is, is, is found in the kingdom of God. There's something about the kingdom of God. And Jesus' words, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through to 34. And we're going to look at Jesus' words and what he says about worry and how he uses the kingdom to kind of mirror this. It's going to be interesting. So let's look at it. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through to 34. It's going to be on the screen, but I'll read it out for you guys. So um, verse 25 says, Therefore I tell you, so this is Jesus speaking, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, or what you wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Verse 28 says, And why do you worry about clothes? See the flowers of the field. See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all of these, all of these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is Jesus saying over and over and over again, do not worry. I want to preach a message this morning entitled, An Inverted Kingdom. An Inverted Kingdom. I watched Tenet last week, and it's one of the most confusing films ever. It's an amazing film. And they use this term inverted, and it intrigued me, and it began to kind of take me on this journey. So I wanted to call this morning An Inverted Kingdom. I thought it was fitting. So I've made a couple observations about this passage and the way that Jesus speaks that can, I guess, feed into our lives this morning. I think it, it's amazing that this book was written so long ago, yet it is so relevant to the very, very moment we find ourselves in right now. So I've made three observations about the kingdom of God, and it's going to speak into where we are as a culture, where we are as people, where we are as a church. So if you're taking notes this morning, uh, the first observation is in the kingdom. There is more than meets the eye. In the kingdom, there is more than meets the eye. Let's look at this. In verse 25, Jesus says, Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? 
See, Jesus is kind of tapping into this idea. He's uncovering something here that we don't just live according to our needs, that there is more to life than just the things that we need. He kind of, in some ways, makes reference to animals because animals spend their day, their whole day revolves around it. They kind of their, their whole uh, pursuit or mission or the thing that they have to do when they wake up every morning is find food and find the things that they need, kind of protect themselves. And that is what they do. Jesus is, is kind of addressing something here is that there is something more inside of you, that there is a higher value on your life than simply just surviving that there is something bigger on your life than simply just making it from need to need to need, that he's breathed purpose inside of you, that he's breathed a hope inside of you, that he's breathed a future inside of you, that he's called you to something, that is a value placed on you. We see that he says this time and time again, he compares us to birds and he compares us to plants and he kind of says, and are you not much more valuable than them? Jesus is saying that there is a value on your life. There is something bigger than you just living from need to need. Maybe you find yourself this morning saying like, well, that's all I can do. In fact, I spend my life just paying this bill and then getting through and paying the next bill. And I can only just, I can only just afford to do this. And I just feel like I'm making it meal to meal. or I feel like I'm just making it day to day. Well, can I encourage you that in the kingdom of God, there is more to offer you than that. In the kingdom of God, there is more, there is an offer of something bigger than just making it from need to need. See, in the kingdom, it's kind of, there's kind of this transcendental nature, transcendent meaning like above, it kind of sits above the, the, the circumstances that we face. Jesus is kind of saying, is life not just bigger than food? and the body more than clothes. It's like, it's not just about making it through. There's something deeper going on here. And the kingdom has this, uh, this other reality that it has to offer us. It has something that is beyond the circumstances that we face. And Jesus is saying in the kingdom of God, it is not like an escapist thing. It's not like saying, oh, there's this reality that you can escape to so that you don't have to face the pain and the trials of everyday life. The kingdom is actually so profoundly aware of the brokenness and the dysfunction and the pain of everyday life, but it actually offers something deeper. It offers something like beyond the pain and beyond the brokenness and beyond the hurt. It offers hope. It's like this transcendent thing. There is something more going on in the kingdom. There is more than meets the eye. There is something beyond all that we can see. So what does this mean for us? Well, it means that we can have hope. It means that we can believe that there is future. Why? Because the kingdom of the world, it is bound to all that can be seen. It is bound to the, to the circumstances, the rising and the falling of everyday life. When things are good and we think, okay, finally life's looking up and all of a sudden something happens and our mood is down and things just aren't going right. But actually in the kingdom, if there is something deeper going on here, if there is this, this kind of new reality that we can be welcomed into, one that cannot be shaken by circumstance, it means that we can have hope regardless of what we're facing. So maybe in your life right now, you might be finding that things are pretty dark. You might be actually finding that the, 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 the life that you see is not the life that you wanted or believed that was inside of you. It may be you're facing something right now that you thought, this doesn't look like the goodness of God that I thought. 
Well, actually, the kingdom of God says that there is something beyond what can be seen, that there is a deeper reality. Like I said, it is not removed from reality. It is actually found beyond this reality. In the kingdom of God, there is more going on than we can see. God is up to things. That is why we can have hope. And I'm a hope guy. Like I am an optimistic person, but I am a hope guy. In other words, I always think there is hope. I always believe that when I face things, there is hope for this. I am that guy who will always encourage people, come on, you can do this. There's more to this. There's something bigger. There's something beyond this. And sometimes people say to me, like, how can you have hope when things look so crazy? The thing is, my hope isn't in the crazy. My hope isn't in oh, if that thing goes okay or if my car starts tomorrow morning or if, if I have the right bank balance or whatever it might be. I've chosen to put my hope in something beyond circumstance. And his name is Jesus. And he says that he'll never leave us, that he will never let us walk on our own. And when he promises that, he always comes through. So that's why when I wake up in the morning, I know, look, when I say there is hope, I'm believing beyond what I can see. I'm believing beyond the things that I feel. So this morning, as we find ourselves on the edge of what 2021 is just, we don't know what's going to happen. It's kind of uncertain. Things aren't maybe how we thought, but God hasn't changed. Let me encourage you this morning. God is still moving. He is still in control. He can still move even when things don't look like they're going to come together. God is in control. And in the kingdom, there's always more than meets the eye. Second observation about this amazing passage is in the kingdom, worry disables, but faith enables. In the kingdom, worry disables, but faith enables. Let's look at this in verse 27. Jesus says, Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? In the message version, it says like this sort of idea. If you can stand in the mirror and will yourself to get taller, but you're never just going to get taller because of doing that. Like, can any one of you, by just faffing over your life, by just processing things over and over again and overthinking and winding yourself up, can you ever actually make anything happen because of that? Can your life ever get any better? Or can you ever get anything done? Can you ever profit? Can you ever actually grow or achieve anything by worrying about it? Jesus is kind of addressing this and he actually addresses throughout this whole passage four things that we worry about. He kind of addresses these things in the passage that I think represents something bigger. He addresses, he says these, these things, these four things. Don't worry about life. Don't worry about what you'll eat or drink. Don't worry about the clothes that you wear and do not worry about tomorrow. So he says, don't worry about life, what you'll eat or drink, what you'll wear or about tomorrow. And I think this is interesting. I actually think Jesus mentions these things really specifically. And they cover such a a broad, um, kind of like a broad stroke of our life. He says, don't worry about your life. He, He starts general. This is like our general worry. Like I've met some people and maybe you're listening this morning. You find yourself to be one of these people. Their kind of posture is to worry. Before anything's happened, before any evidence that something could go wrong, there's kind of this like preconceived notion that something's going to go wrong. There is a worry. And uh, maybe whether you're not a person like that, but you actually find yourself right now with a general worry. Like what is going to happen? 
Like it's not even on something specific. You're not sat there worrying about one thing. You're just worried. And Jesus addresses this. He says, do not worry about life. This big, general, broad stroke, do not worry about life. He then says, do not worry about what you will eat or what you will drink. Jesus is addressing our basic needs. Like the things that we need day to day, that might be money, that might be shelter, that might be what we eat, like our food, that might be like some of the the things that we need. Let's call them like our basic essentials. Jesus is saying, don't worry about those. You know, because maybe you right now are in that place where you're just feeling like, I don't know if I have enough money to pay my bills. I don't know if I actually have enough food in the cupboards to eat. I actually don't even know if I can if I can sort this out for my family this week. And the reality is so many people are faced with that very reality right now. And Jesus isn't saying, hey, ignore those things. It's all good. Like, come follow me and never even think about it again. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, do not worry. And we're going to see that Jesus journeys us here. And he presents us with a a better version, with a better alternative than to worry. And we'll see this. Because in the kingdom, worry disables and faith enables. So don't worry about our basic essentials. Then he says, don't worry about the clothes that we wear. Now, some, uh, some commentators would say that this is Jesus saying, like, don't worry about, again, your basic needs, the things that you wear. And possibly at the time, people could have been listening that might not have been able to afford clothes in general to wear. But there's another part of this is why Jesus mentioned clothing and what we will wear is that so many people, much like today, you think this was written 2,000 years ago, yet it just seems like it is perfect for the moment we find ourselves in today. But so many people are slave to the trend or slave to the fashion. Now, like I'm someone who really appreciates like well-designed clothes or people or people that have put an outfit together or whatever it might be. Like I love clothes. That's not, Jesus isn't saying this is wrong. He's saying the people that are slave to human validation. Like I've met people who need to buy the next pair of shoes so that people will think they're cool. Or they need to buy like the latest this so that then they'll fit in with that group of people. Or it might be a car, it might be clothes, it might be technology, whatever it might be. Jesus is saying, do not worry about the clothes that you wear. Do not worry about human validation. Do not worry about what people think of you. Do not worry about the way you'll fit in in society. Do not worry about this perception of having things together. Jesus addresses it. Do not worry. And then he finishes at the end of this passage saying, do not worry about tomorrow. I actually know that when you were to to ask people about fears and this idea of worry, one of the top feared things is obviously people are afraid of death. They worry about death. But one of the other things is the future. People are worried about the future. Like on on a micro level, like what's going to happen this year? We have no idea. People are worried. Like the, the, the tension's quite high at the moment in our country and around the world. But people are worried about their future. What am I going to do? Like maybe you're heading into university or whatever it might be. And you're thinking, what am I going to do with my life? Or maybe you're heading into retirement. What am I going to do with my retirement? What am I going to do when I have kids? What's the future going to look like? Am I going to have enough stuff? Am I going to be able to do what I want to do? Am I going to achieve? You kind of get the idea that we overthink. We get ourselves into this place and we are worried about the future. And Jesus knows this. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about the future. Be present right here, right now. 
He's, say, he's not saying don't plan for the future. He's not saying don't remember the past. He's just saying be present in the moment. Okay, you can figure out that when you get there. And again, we'll see this, this journey. But Jesus identifies these four areas that we worry. And maybe you can identify one of those four things. Maybe you actually needed to hear the words of Jesus from this passage saying, don't worry about the future. Or maybe you needed this morning to hear just a general feeling, just don't worry about life. Because Jesus addresses these things. And I don't know about you, but they sound so relevant to my life, to your life, to society right now. And Jesus' words are simple. Do not worry. You know, the funny thing about worry is that we, we often sit and we worry about things. It might be like, am I going to get the job? And we get ourselves so wound up and we get ourselves in a spot. And actually, it's so counterproductive because worrying often kind of gives us this disadvantage for the thing that we're actually trying to do. Have you ever found that? Like, you could be so worried about your life. What am I going to do in my life? And that you get so uptight and stressed. And the crazy thing is we see right now in our society that stress, it clogs arteries, it causes heart attacks. Like people are stressed. What is it achieving? What is worrying and stress and kind of like hustling to try and get this thing to happen? What is it achieving? It is actually hurting us far more than it is helping us. That's the crazy thing about worry. Like we think it's a good thing. We think it's helping us move forward, but it's clogging our arteries and stopping our hearts. That is not what God designed. That is not what is best for our lives. You might be sitting here this morning thinking like, okay, I'm waiting to see where this goes because you're saying don't worry. But like there's a lot to worry about in life. There's a lot, a lot of things going on. But what did Jesus say? Can any one of you by worrying add an hour to your life. What is worrying going to do about it? Jesus is saying, do not worry because worrying actually does not help. It actually doesn't change anything. It just allows you to sit in your own pain. It allows you to just sit there, get all caught up in things. Worrying actually robs you of the ability to be the person you were designed to be. You think worrying about and being obsessed about your future means that you're going to manifest it. If I can imagine it and then I manifest it, I'll live the life, I'll get the house, whatever. Actually, worrying robs you of the ability to be the person you've been designed to be. I read a quote and it says, Worry doesn't drain away tomorrow's sorrow. It simply robs today of its joy. Worry doesn't drain away tomorrow's problems. It simply robs today of its strength. Worry does not actually help. Worry actually robs us of joy and strength in the moment right now. In the kingdom, worry disables and faith enables. So what? Well, worrying is counterproductive. So when Jesus says, don't worry, it's just a good idea. Before we even look at what he's suggesting, not to worry is just a good idea. Maybe you need to hear this this morning. The words of Jesus, do not worry. God actually wants you to come to him. God actually wants you to approach him. He wants you to actually tell him about the things that are on your mind. Let me read a passage in Philippians 4 uh, verses 6 to 7. It says, don't worry about anything. The Bible loves this phrase. Don't worry. Why? Because he, he, they know that God knows that we do worry. It says in Philippians 4, 6, 7, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him 
all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds everything, that exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. This is what he's saying. Come to me with the stuff that you're wrestling with. I want to hear it. And in exchange for us telling him those things, you know what he does? He gives us a peace. And I said that this kingdom is different than the reality we face right now. It's, it's deeper. It's beyond the reality we face. And it says he will give us peace which exceeds anything we can understand. Some versions say anything we can perceive. Anything that we can even know to be true. It, it, essentially, we can have peace in the craziest of circumstances. So you might find yourself right now in the craziest of circumstances. The promise of our God is this. It's come to me with your worry. Give me your worry and I'll trade you for a peace that is so transcendent, that is so beyond the reality that you face right now that you will not be able to put words to it. That is the promise of our God. So in the kingdom, there is more than meets the eye. In the kingdom, worry disables and faith enables. And finally, in the kingdom, the way up is to lay down. The way up is to lay down. Let's look at this in verse 33. So this is the moment where Jesus kind of points us. This is the mirror to do not worry. Or the mirror to worrying is Jesus saying this in verse 33. It says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus is not stating a chronological order here. Okay, you might read this, seek first the kingdom. And then once you've done that, then you can worry about all the other things. So Jesus being like, yeah, you guys can do what you want. And once you, you've come to me, then you go worry. You do your thing. That's not what he's saying. He's not stating a chronology. He's not saying first. He's actually emphasizing a life priority, a lifestyle, like a, a way of leaning into life. This is not a do this first then. This is always do this. It's priority. He's emphasizing priority. And uh, the interesting thing about this is the, the kingdom of God, and something we'll find if you read through this Bible, time and time again, you will see that the kingdom, that the will of God, that the kingdom of God is not contrary to loving your spouse. It is not contrary to being a person of integrity. It is not at odds with doing the right thing. It is not at odds with loving your neighbor. It is not at odds with uh, doing the things that we know we're supposed to do. Okay, the kingdom of God is not at odds with us being the people we've been designed to be. So when we read this and seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and we can often think like, oh, I've got to, because I hear this when, I, when we've talked so many times, people will say, so I have to leave like my authenticity and myself. And like, no, that's not what it's saying. It's actually saying that in the line of the kingdom of God, this, this way of life by seeking first the kingdom, you will actually find yourself the person you were designed to be. You will lean into that in a much more vibrant way than you ever could when you are not seeking the kingdom. Okay, don't get this wrong. This is not kind of like leave what God's put inside of you off to the side and seek first the kingdom in this, again, this monastic lifestyle. That's not what this means. This is saying follow the will of God. Sort of ally yourself to his plans and to his will. And along that path, you will actually find the person that you would be, you will find the version of yourself that you were designed to be. 
is not taking us away from ourselves, but into a truer expression of ourselves. But actually the kingdom of God, it isn't like a tangible, it's not like this like aspirational place. I don't want you to hear me and say like, if I can only just find it, if I can only just get a map and I can get there and then I'll live there. See, the kingdom of God isn't there. The kingdom of God is a direction, it's a trajectory. The kingdom of God is, I am no longer going the way of the world, I am now going the way of Jesus. I am emulating his life because he is the leader and the model citizen. I am now going the way of Jesus. And then check this out, okay? And it says in verse 33, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. If we go back a verse into verse 32, listen to what Jesus says. Verse 32, it says, For the pagans run after all these things, meaning like the people that, pagan in, pagan in this context literally just means someone that doesn't follow God. So they just go after all these material things, they worry, they get themselves all worked up, and they don't end up being the people they were designed to be. But then check this out, it says, And your heavenly Father knows that you need Him. God knows your needs. God knows what you need. So you're there being like, and all these things will be added unto me. God knows what you need. Okay, he knows that you're you're living bill to bill. He knows that you just, you're struggling and he's waiting for you to say, God, I just need you to come through in this. And the crazy thing is, is these things that we're talking about, when he talks about whether it's clothes or or future or whether it's, I don't know, what we'll eat or whatever it is we might be worrying about, those things aren't wrong to think about. Those things are definitely not wrong. Like He's definitely not saying that all money and all materialism is wrong. That's not what Jesus is saying because he mentions Solomon. And the people that would have been listening at the time would have been saying to each other like, whoa, Solomon, wasn't he like the richest king ever? He had, he had the best clothes. He had the, the craziest of palaces. Like he was one of the richest men to ever live at the time. So Jesus uses him as an example of what sort of beauty or splendor was to look like. And he was saying that even the, you know, God clothes the fields even better than that. But he mentions Solomon. So he's not saying that, that all this stuff is wrong, but Jesus is actually talking about a heart allegiance. He, he's saying that which kingdom are you going to align yourself with? Okay, you're going to go the way of the world and you're going to chase that stuff for validation. Or you're going to go the way of the kingdom. And you're going to follow what Jesus has modeled and what he wants for our lives. That's what he's talking about. Are you going to go the way of the world or the way of the kingdom? See, when you become a follower of Jesus, you make that decision to ally yourself, to align yourself to the kingdom of God. And then every single morning you wake up, you have that very decision to either back up that decision you made, to back up that allegiance, or to deny it and live for yourself. Every single morning, you have that decision. Every single day, you have a a decision. Am I perpetuating the kingdom of the world, or am I perpetuating the kingdom of God? So what? Well, this is a promise from God. God is saying, if you seek me, like if you come my direction, He is promising provision. He is promising, and our God is a God of abundance. So he is not just saying, hey, with selfish desire, come to me and I'll give you everything you want. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, look, follow me and you'll become the person you were designed to be. And I will look after you every single step of the way. But if you decide to live on your own, 
if you decide to live according to your own desire or your own uh, plan or your own lifestyle, then you also have to rely on your own abilities to provide for yourself. You are opting out of God's provision. So maybe you're sat there being like, God not provided nothing for me. Like I've never ever, God's never done anything for me. Well, can I ask, have you opted out of his provision because you've said, God, I don't want to go your way? Maybe you're there this morning being like, I just need God to provide for me. I just, I just need things to click into place. To, I just, there's some things that I just, I can't afford to do this for my family. I can't even afford to pay this bill or whatever. Look, God says, if you seek me, I will provide for you. I will make sure you are cared for. But you need to come my way. You need to perpetuate this kingdom. See, in the kingdom, the way up is to lay down. This means it's not about striving for the things. It's about laying them down and following Jesus. And in that way, he will provide things for you. It's not selfish desire or how can we get more as all let's follow Jesus. It's you will be provided for when you seek God with everything. With God, he promises never to leave us. And any, God, any promise God makes, he will fulfill. So when you say, which kingdom do I want to perpetuate? The kingdom of God promises his personal presence every step of the way. Hey, 2021, so far is a year of uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen. In fact, right now, we have no idea what the next couple of weeks look like. With this national lockdown, it is a painful time for so many people. Like, people are worried. But can I ask you this morning, which kingdom are you wanting to ally yourself with? Which kingdom do you want to live according to this morning? I want to just quickly read from Psalm 27. I'm going to read two little parts out, and then we're going to finish. Psalm 27 verse 4. So this is the psalmist. This is his desire to see God. This is what he says. One thing I ask, I ask from the Lord, and this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord. The psalmist is saying, I just want to be in your presence, God. God, I wake up in the morning and I just want to know you. I just want to be like you. I just want more of you. I just want to dwell around you. I want to be around you. Can you hear his desire? And then later on, he says this in verse 13. So Psalm 27, verse 13 and 14. It says, I remain confident of this. I remain confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. Wait for the Lord. I just want to close on this right now. It says that I remain confident of this, that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. This is a kingdom mindset. He is saying, look, even in the midst of the craziness of life, I believe that I will see God's goodness. When I have kingdom eyes and I can see what he is doing, I believe that I will see God's goodness. Maybe in your life right now, you have not maybe aligned yourself to the kingdom of God and the life that you are living in, the, the reality that you are seeing right now is far from good. It is far from uplifting. It is far from hopeful. Well, let me encourage you that God loves you so much. He values you so much that he sent himself as a human as a human to die on a cross, to lie in darkness in a grave for three days and then walk out of that grave trampling sin and shame. And the reality that you are facing now, God is calling you to a place of hope and restoration with Him. 
He's just saying, turn away from the kingdom of the world. Turn away from your brokenness, from your sin, from your dysfunction and lean into me because I love you and I breathe purpose and value into your life. If you've never made that decision this morning, his arms are open and all you need to do is say, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my brokenness. I give you my future, my past, my dreams. I give it all to you. And I believe today will change your life forever. Let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you that in your kingdom, that there is hope. That in your kingdom, there is hope beyond the reality that we see. God, I pray right now for those people that are worrying. I just pray that they would take hold of this passage, that they would learn to seek your face and turn away from their worry. God, we know that worry does not do anything for us. So we just pray right now for every single person that is worried that you would just flood their life with peace. God, I pray that we would be a church that just understands your peace. We pray for every single person that made that amazing decision right now to align themselves to your kingdom, that align themselves to your love and your purposes. God, I pray right now that you just flood their heart with so much peace and love. We love you, God. We thank you for all you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. In this, uh, in this kingdom, there is more than meets the eye. In this kingdom, worry disables and faith enables. And in this kingdom, the way up is to lay down. I've been loving this series so far, and I really believe that God wants to speak to us through this. So I want to encourage you to join us next week. But we've loved spending these few moments together. We'll see you soon. You've been listening to a weekly message from Light Church. If you would like any more information, you can find us online or on social media. Thanks for listening.